Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This podcast is recorded on Noongar land. We'd like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land and extend that respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander and their elders who are listening today. We respect their spiritual relationship with their country. Have you ever wondered exactly what it is that that married man found so appealing about paying for it? Or watched the murder doco and thought, how can that monster's mother still love him? Welcome to To Be Frank, the show that invites you to step inside the world of Constance Hall as she explores the most interesting topics and people from all over the world with no BS, no filter. Now your host, Constance Hall and co-host, Claudia McLeod. Hi guys, just a quick one today. Me and Claude were like, we can't not you know, have our opinion, share our piece on the old Ashton and Miller. Apology. What everyone else is talking about because it's a little bit outrageous. Yeah, and do you know why this is upsetting me? Because Ashton Kutcher was one of my original fans. That's right. Yeah. He shared a couple of my posts. I think he shared three on his page and that was like a big flex even though like it's just a it's obviously not him writing it you know he wrote a little caption about my post and then shared it on his like website so the caption would have been written by someone that works for someone that works for someone that works for him but still Still. it was on his page and I was like obviously Ashton wants to fuck me and I'm married but I was pretty available still I think at the time now hang on (laughs) let me tell you something wacko did you know his name's actually Christopher? No. Do you want to fuck him? I'd fuck a Chris, yeah. It's not mm. a bad name. Yeah, I mean, not for our generation. Just thought I'd throw name. that in there. It's no Ashton, that's for sure. Yeah, interesting. I was just trying to think of some of the really bad names of people that I fucked, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of bad male names out there. Anyway. Well, there was one guy whose nickname was Addy, but guess what his real name was? What? Adolf. <gasps> that's so unfortunate. I didn't fuck him. I just kissed him. I know. I know, right? What? Like. Why? Why would anyone do that? I didn't ask what were your parents thinking. I wasn't going to say that, but oh, I was just like, wow. let's note to self, we're not fucking. Wow. Anyway, yeah. so back to Ashton. So, Claude, fill us in. And I do not blame you if you do not know this story because I personally live under a rock and only, you know, I only catch on to stories at the end of the story when I'm like, hang on, that was interesting. What's going on there? Yeah, why is everyone talking about it? So there is an actor called Danny Masterson who was in that 70s show, which was a really popular sitcom when, like, we were growing up. It was great. You know, it was in the 70s. Great outfits, just funny. Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher were in it with this guy, Danny Masterson. So obviously they've known each other for a long time. And he has been accused, well, and now convicted of rape. I think he was only convicted of two rapes, but there was three in the, in the trial. Yeah, they said not enough evidence for the third one, but we can all make our own assumptions there. As we've discussed, there's usually not a lot of evidence in a sex assault trial. Like the witness is, the victim is the evidence, right? Like it's their their story. Now, they were all a member of this uh, Church of Scientology and 
the witnesses have all come out and said that the Church of Scientology actually forced them all to conceal it because one of their many weird rules is that they cannot talk about other members. They also can't speak of like any crimes and things like that. So they were forced to not report the incidents when it happened, but the church was aware of them all. He's been convicted and Ashton and Mila have both written character references for him and it's pretty off. For the judge to read it sentencing so that the judge can... Yeah, like, you know, a character reference. But imagine these poor girls after they've been through a trial, reliving all this sort of stuff, hearing these celebrities talk about what a great guy he is. And they're huge celebrities as well. We're not talking about some ex-football player. I also just don't understand why they've done it. I don't understand why they have risked their entire career to save a mate who's just been convicted of rape. I think it's really fucking weird and really damaging. And I really... Massively. I can't get my head around why why you would do it. I don't know why they've done it. I can understand they were put in a position. They're probably friends with his wife. Apparently his wife was crying when, when it was read out. Who's going to lie about this shit? It's not lies. It's happened, you know. And, and, yeah, I do feel for the wife, but not as much as I feel for the victims. It's just crazy. Yeah, I can't imagine sitting there and all of a sudden Justin and Miller have a statement read to the judge. Do they read it in person? I don't know. No, they're sort of claiming that they didn't realise it was going to be read out and things like that. But oh, Of course. So now they're upset that it was made public. So Ashton and Miller have now come out with, obviously, people are pissed. It's made it to the media. Of course it has, guys. And everyone is pissed, like everyone, very rightly so. So they've had to release this really interesting apology video. Very interesting. They've tried to make it really relatable. Like she's wearing no makeup. She kind of looks like she's been crying. And he has no product in his hair. (laughs) Because obviously putting it like the video in front of their mansion with their six pools and, you know, their fucking helicopter pad wouldn't be quite so relatable. So they're really trying to like dull down the tones. And create. I think you need to play it for those that haven't heard it. So listen to this, guys. We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us to write character letters, to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read um, and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. Okay, so here's my problem. First of all, we support victims. That's like me getting caught. And you get caught using fucking slave trade and you're exploiting people from another country and standing up and saying, no, I donate money to Rafiki. That is not a fucking scapegoat. It is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. What you do as a humanitarian is off your own back. You don't do it to get out of trouble or to give you some sort of credibility when you then go and do something that completely contradicts all of the work that you do. Secondly, where was the apology? No ownership, none of it. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're not trying to question the validity of the judicial, whatever the fucking word is, system. 
I'm thinking we're all thinking about the women, the three women here. We're not thinking the judge is offended. We're not thinking the jury's offended. Who have sat through a trial, two trials actually, it was two trials, which is so traumatic. And I don't think anyone knows what that's like unless you have been cross-examined and put all your personal information out there for everyone to hear and say it's so awful. And then at the end of it, they have to listen to these people say that. It's awful. And so I also follow a really incredible PR chick. Her name's Molly McPherson. She's American and she likes to like debunk these things. And she also uh, talks about crisis management a lot for celebrities. And I've been in crisis management situations, not that I'm a celebrity, but like where I've had backlash about things and I've been like, fuck. You know that time where Nick Natanui scandal? Do you remember that? Which one? I, it was the week that I was releasing my book and all I wanted to do was release my fucking book. And it was book week and a mum, a queen, a follower of mine, had put a post on my visitor's post. This is back when you could. I've shut that down now. You can't do that now. On the visitor's post and it was a picture of her kid dressed up as Nick Natanui. Yeah. Right? And he's got black face on. So bad. I hadn't seen it. I'm just like going about my day. And then all of a sudden I start getting these text messages and people <laughs> are, you know, sending me screenshots of like Indigenous activist comedians that I fucking love and follow who have put things on their Twitter saying, we support blackface, it doesn't matter because we're queens. And I'm like, what, 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 what's going on here? So then I go and, and educate myself on this, it's got fucking 15,000 fucking comments and, and everyone's going nuts and it's all, so like when you go onto my page, you see me and my post, but if you clicked, this is back in the old format, visitors' posts, you go onto a separate page, which is what people have written. Anyway, so all this shit's happening in that section. And so I had to think about, you know, like where I stood and, and, and what I was going to do. I felt like I was in a rock and a hard place. The woman had written to me and she'd gone, con, people think that this is racist, but my son loves him. And, you know, it's people are too judgy and blah, blah, blah. And, and she was really upset. She was like, everyone on my Facebook page are being really mean to me, blah, 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 something like that. And then everyone's abusing her. And I'm not liking the abuse, but I'm not agreeing with what she did. I removed her post and then I made the statement because I don't want to be smeared with that sort of that brand that I'm okay with fucking racism or for people to not know where I stand. Or, but it got so fucking twisted that people started thinking. And I, I wrote a post that said, guys, I've removed this post. It came up. I don't believe that she had terrible intentions, but I do think it's a dangerous sentiment and, you know, I'm not Indigenous, whatever, you know, like it's not my place to even have a fucking opinion on this, but I personally don't agree. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And then I started getting abused. Like I thought the abuse before was bad about being mm, racist. Mm. But then I started getting, you just threw a queen under the bus. She's probably going to kill herself because of you. And I'm talking and I'm also, right, I'm trying to launch my book, fighting with the ex-husband in a fucking hotel with all my kids because our fights used to be that bad. And I'm getting people, I'm blocking them and they're starting new accounts going, you'll never get rid of me. And I'm just like, this is so fucked. I hate my fucking Where life. Where do people have the time to be these kind of trolls? I don't know. Do you know what? I was working with a publicist at the time and she said to me, you need to ask yourself, do I believe this? 
Is this part of my fundamental beliefs as a human? And if so, then you can post. Because if everybody comes at you and calls you a racist and you're not, you try hard to not be, then you'll feel like shit and you will feel like shit. But if everyone comes at you and says bigotry stuff, like, you know, racist, like they're racist and they're telling you that you're part of the problem, you don't really care because you believe in what you said. So it was good advice and I was glad that I did it. My book's just launched and I'm doing media tours and everyone just wants to talk about that. And I'm like, can we talk about my book and get some fucking sales in the door? So do you think that... Ashton and Mila don't have like people that would say, don't do this. They do. They do. They do. So they must have felt that strongly about it to, I don't know, yeah, to do yeah, it. This, that, that was scripted and that's one of my problems with it was the way it was like, imagine if me and you had a scripted podcast like, Claude, there's your line. Yeah, yeah. And we're really grateful and then I come in for you guys listening. It's just so fucking weird. My, my issue wasn't with it being scripted. It was with like the fact that, they don't own anything. And what appeals to me about people is when they're imperfect but they own their shit. Like look at someone like Robbie Williams who's like he's been really fucked up on occasions and he, but he never pretends that he's something else. He's like, you know. But also he has male privilege and if he was a female he would be a Darrow fucking loser. But because he's a man it's kind of cute we all kind of like it. I do agree with that. But he doesn't pretend to be something he's not. He's, you know, I'm this, I'm that. Lays on the card. What you're saying is very much in line with what this incredible Molly McPherson says. She says that in order to pull yourself out of something like this and to recover, your explanation or your apology needs to have three as three components. First, own it. Own it. Don't minimize it. Yep. Own it like richly. Secondly, explain it. And explaining where you were at, you know, it's not excusing, it's explaining. Explaining, yeah, just And I think, I think people deserve that. And the third is promise it. And this is what I like because she says, promise that you are going to make a change. You are going to do what you need to do to understand fully how much you have hurt these people. And it's funny because, like, it reminded me of my favourite band. My ex-favourite band was Kasabian. The lead singer, Tom, was potentially the best front man I'd ever seen live. Like he was something else. He commanded that audience. Like I fucking loved it. Saw them live three times. Anyway, he ended up bashing his wife and it was all caught on film. He was what? charged. I never knew that. Didn't you? He's been kicked out of the band. So the band goes, well, what were we going to do? He was, you know, like they stopped playing our music. We had yeah. to. Now the band is nothing without him. They had to do that. They had to get rid of him. I saw an interview with him afterwards. He was trying to own it but also using the old, my wife's still with me, and she was like, yeah, I'm still with him and I'm happy. Like they've got married since then. They were only engaged before, which feels to me like it is you are trying to use that, which we don't know the details of, could still be abusive for all we know, as your, you guys should forgive me too. He didn't really own it at all. It kind of, look, it was a down and out video interview. It was, the media had seen him on the street. He'd agreed to go in off the cuff and do an interview. He looked fucked. So I think he'd owned it. On a level, he'd owned it. But where he went wrong was he never promised it. And I was thinking if I was a publicist and I knew this band is worth millions together, fuck all apart, I reckon. That's just my opinion. What would I do? I would make sure Tom understood. I would say, right, the only way you guys are going to get out of this shit is if you hold a Live Aid style concert where all the proceeds are going to domestic violence, get victims on the stage, make Tom fucking care, understand 
make him so immersed in it that he has no choice but to change, then we can might be able to see some retribution on things like this. Until if you've really accepted this is huge and I need to make huge changes to come back from it, you can't just expect it to go away. I guess Ashton and Miller are rich enough to never need to work again and if they don't really care about public perception, is this all worth it for your rapey mate? So gross. And their statements are just off. Like they're talking about, oh, the guy that they used to know and blah, 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 and we'd leave our kids with him. I was like, come on. If you had a really good friend that was a rapist or a serial killer or something like that, you're not going to know about it. Of course they're going to lie about it. I know, exactly. And it just goes to, what's the judgment to do with that man? It's like when they say, oh, he killed his wife, but he was a good bloke. But he was, well, actually, you know, maybe he, wasn't. he was a good bloke. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe you didn't see it. Like, actually, he's just been convicted of raping two women. He's not a fucking good bloke, Ashton. Yeah, I know. Actually, Chris. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> now I know this, it's just Chris. I know, right? I You'll always be Chris in our eyes. I think Chris is going to, like, you know, give us a like on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just off. I just don't know why they made the video and the, the fake apology and her facial expressions in it. She just looks <laughs> like, A, she doesn't want to be there and she just looks so sour and just it's so insincere. It's it's actually like more of an insult. So it's a bit like, okay, look sad, look sad. But she's rolling and she's looking past him and it's all just like it's all you know, beneath which doesn't want to be there. So another interesting thing that this publicist said, she was like, if I want to crawl back from this, Ashton needs to pick a really good, like top-notch journalist to do a sit-down with. Mm. He needs to step away from his charity or his organisation, Thorn, and he needs to get another fucking front man, another face for it. He needs to do a sit-down, she said, Mm. without Miller. Like, don't bring Miller into this. And I think that maybe that does need to happen because you both, when you're together as a couple, you can look kind of smug and almost like we can't make you accountable. It's like when I'm trying to yell at the twins. They don't get upset. They don't change because it's just the two of them getting yelled at together. But if I <laughs> yell at Aloha Raja, they get upset. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't be accountable there with your partner in your mansion. It's just hard. So, yeah, I, I don't know what Ashton's going to do to crawl his way back here. But you know what? It just makes me think the whole thing is, what were you thinking, Ashton? I know what you were thinking. You're thinking no one would ever fucking find out. Exactly. And we they both thought that no one was going to read those statements and now the world has. And even more thanks to us. Anyway, it was off and everyone's talking about it. Yeah. But I'm liking these little midweek like um, injections of, of our gossip because why not just drop a few more in? Mm. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of To Be Frank. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, be sure to click follow. And leaving a review helps others find the podcast. Join us next time as we explore more interesting topics and people from all over the world. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 